Star game. Uh, no. uh, I, I want to know. I want to know. Are you are you gonna go with the Michael Froelich jersey or the JVR jersey? Froelich scored last night. Hey, there you go. You know that's why he's an all star, Jesse. <laughs> Full credit oh. to the NHL staff writers. Um, a lot of the names ended up being right. Considering Adam was literally <laughs> blindly walking into the night with his pants around his ankles, oh, he only got eight or nine wrong. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Considering he le- he read literally a fabricated list <laughs> to thousands of listeners online and on the radio waves, I'd say that's pretty good. All right. Now... Jesse, can you pull up the all-star list? Oh, I don't know if I can. Pull up the NHL all-star rosters, because I'm going to read you the real NHL all-star rosters, even though you've all seen them. Let me me just have this, okay? Here's here's how you know it's right, if Gaudreau is on it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want me to read off the real names? Uh, No, no, let me do it. Can you let me have this one? Okay. Just in case you skipped last show... Adam starts the show with, we have breaking news. They announced the all-star rosters, which they did. But Adam somehow read the wrong list. Well, can I can I explain what happened? I thought I just did. Well, it's not. I want to tell you how it happened. Okay. Um, so, oh, I want you to justify your mistake. Okay. No, go. I'm not justifying it. <laughs> I'm not justifying it. In fact, I'm raking myself over the coals because what do I always say? What do I always say? Read Steve, the article. Steve, you're an idiot. Put down your phone. Read the article oh. before you pass the article on, right? Read the mm-hmm. article. Mm-hmm. What did I do? I searched NHL All-Star Rosters. The first link that came up, NHL All-Star Rosters, NHL.com. That is because it was six minutes old. The news was six minutes old at that time. Mm-hmm. And... The top article on Google was the NHL All-Star picks by the NHL.com staff. So it was a predictions article. This is very key. What was the date? On the article? You didn't check the date, did you? I didn't you? check the date. Well, it's if you're not going to read the thing, at least read the date. Mm-hmm. Always. Should've Always. Should have done that. That's okay, though. We like to lecture broadcasting students often on the show. and we're, Be we're better than me. That's what I'm saying. Them. Be better than me. Yeah, but you retroactively, at the same time, made the show way better. People, <laughs> Once people realized what was wrong. <laughs> I think it was just half an hour going, what a loser. <laughs> What's great is the people who figured it out for themselves. Did you get bombarded with uh, Seth Jones make the, uh, made the All-Star Rock? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, no, but Zach Rowinski should have made it. He should have. But then it, I think if you found out what you did wrong and then listened to the show, there's all kinds of really, really f- unintentionally funny things that we left behind. Well, I think it- Johnny Gaudreau's not an all-star? <laughs> Why didn't they have Johnny Gaudreau in the all-star game? Hey, at least we were in line with the NHL's thinking, which is you want to see Johnny Gaudreau, Gaudreau do goofy things, right? Mm-hmm. Which we said. I mean, I was right. I you want to right. see for a league, whatever. <laughs> I want to see a grinding a grinder. I want to see a guy more goals than Goudreau. He does. Would you say he's a in a good drought? Uh, no, oh. I would not say that. Oh. 
Choo-choo. I knew that was gonna be bad. I knew it was gonna be bad. All right, here's here's the to that show uh, to that joke. I say Michael no leak. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, I Atlantic Division. Choo-choo, keep chugging. <laughs> Atlantic Division. Yeah, I really like that Adam made that mistake because it covered up Choo Choo. Which was brutal. It was brutal. Um, Nikita Kucherov, Tampa Bay Lightning, Atlantic Division. Brad Marchand, Boston Bruins. Oh, Choo Choo Rough. Uh, Austin Matthews, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs, Franz Nails in Detroit, Kyle Pozo, Buffalo. That's still weird. Kyle Pozo, Buffalo. Still yeah, weird. that's one of those free agent signings I haven't gotten used to yet because Buffalo hasn't really been newsworthy. You know what I mean? They mm. haven't been particularly good. But not bad they're, either. They're bad, but they're not bad enough to make fun of. So they're just kind of there. Vincent Trocek, Florida. Uh, defense, Victor Hedman, uh, Eric Carlson, Shea Weber. Goaltenders, Carey Price, Tuka Rask. Metropolitan Division, we got Sidney Crosby, Taylor Hall. Another one where it's like, wow, yeah, that's right. He's a devil. Um, yeah. Gay yeah. Malkin, Pittsburgh Penguins. Alex Ovechkin, Washington Capitals. Wayne Simmons. A boy. So he did make Wayne it. Wayne Simmons he did, did make, make it, it, which we're very happy about. Um, he did make it. Yeah, yeah, because we, we were applauding it last episode. Can you imagine? Oh. What a story. What a story. Wayne Simmons grows up in Scarborough, attends Joseph Howe, and, and now he's at the All-Star game. And, oh, 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 and, oh, 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 it's Claude Giroux. <laughs> uh, John Tavares, New York Islanders. Then we've got Justin Falk from Carolina, not Jeff Skinner. Uh, Seth oh. Jones from Columbus. Ryan McDonough from New York. Sorry, and- back it up. <laughs> Jeff Skinner was one where you were like, what a story. Yeah. He had all these concussion troubles, and man, he showed the world. And then I think you even read his stats, and I remember being like, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like I mean he was great hmm. in NHL 2012 but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Sergei Borovsky and Brayden Holtby are the goaltenders and then Central <laughs> Central Blackhawks have Kane uh, Patrick Laine from the Jets Nathan McKinnon from the Avs Tyler Sagan from the, Do- uh, the Stars Tarasenko from the Blues Taze from the Blackhawks Subban from Nashville who is the Capitan yes uh, Duncan Keith from Chicago Ryan Suter from Minnesota and uh, Corey Crawford and Devin Dubnik. I remember being like, how is Corey Crawford yeah, like the best that. goalie in the division? And all the Blackhawks fans tweeted me were like, you have a hate on for Corey Crawford and you need to stop. You need to stop. I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, poor Adam. <sighs> poor Adam. <laughs> hey, Jesse, David. Jesse, approximately how happy were you when you found out that's what Adam did? I was more happy when I saw your video. Yeah, the video was great. Oh my God, it was so funny. You know what? I, shout, shout out to Mrs. Dangle for the camera work. Going shout down to, to e. e. Yeah, 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 at the right times. <laughs> it was yeah. perfect. And, and Kenny Burley's art in the background. People Absolutely. were asking about the poster. Absolutely. Um, Carter McDavid is the captain of the Pacific Division. I believe that. Yep. Jeff Carter, who is having a ridiculous season. Ridiculous in LA, uh, is, is number two. Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary. Bo Horvat in Vancouver, because who else? Ryan Kessler in Anaheim. Joe Pavelski. Uh, then Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Cam Fowler on defense. That's interesting. Cam Fowler. Is that the guy you'd have picked from Anaheim? Who was the guy that were like, well, maybe they'll trade him because he seems like the odd man he out. He has had a good start to the season. Uh, Martin Jones and Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Now... Who else do you pick from Arizona? Arizona. Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, there you go. That's actually a really good answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably, probably Max Domi if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, and Mike Smith, I mean, he's been a decent goalie on a really bad team. If you ask the players on the team, they think he's like the best goalie. They're one of the best goalies in the league because they don't. Because of course they're, they're his teammates. But yeah, like, no, no team's gonna be like, you know what? I, our real weakness is in net. Can you bring up Arizona's stats? Yes. Jesse, oh. bring up Arizona stats. Oh, we got some goalie stats for this show. 
Oh, do we? Oh, we got some goalie stuff. Why would we need well, to talk about We'll bring it up later. Okay, well, here's... Because uh, I want to talk about a certain uh, gasket-blowing coach. We will get to that. A former Leafs coach. Uh, because who isn't a former Leafs coach at this point? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them. Um, when did the Leafs rebuild begin? We're going to get to that next. Uh, we got to talk about Chris Johnson's article on uh, Capitan and not why he can't watch Leaf games. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Spector yeah. said something, and we will, if you haven't read it, you'll disagree with it. But, you know, what's new? Mark's a good guy, but we rarely agree on things. And that's okay. It's funny. Okay, so I don't, I don't think I've ever told this on the show, but Mark is a guy who regularly we will read his things and be like, oh, Spectre. Balderdash. Stupid. And then uh, this year at the World Cup of Hockey, I don't remember who I was saying hi to initially, but they were sitting right next to Mark Spectre, who was writing something. And uh, they introduced me, and he, he looks over his shoulder, and he goes, Dangle! <laughs> I was like so happy and so warm. And I was just like, he's just a nice man. <laughs> well, let's, let him, let's yeah, let him have his when, when you hear this article, I mean, I can understand where his premise comes from. I soundly, dis- roundly, soundly, whateverly disagree with yeah. this. Oh, I, you can disagree with someone. Um, and That's then okay. uh, Stephen Birch did a Matthews versus Marner versus rookie seasons great rookie seasons in history in context so it talks about like all the nhl all-time best rookies all time and they're among both of them the top 30 which is amazing interested to see what stats he used because i mean the like really advanced ones not even really advanced like corsi basically i think didn't exist uh, well, it's not that you you'd have to go back. And to my knowledge, they only have it back to like 2007. Well, or yeah, you're not like getting that. a Corsi on Gay Stewart in his first season. I don't know who that is. As a Toronto Maple Leaf. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what was still apps is Corsi Rail? Exactly right. Exactly. Um, and then of course we got to talk about some other news outside of the NHL, specifically pertaining to the NFL. Which is becoming Ooh. goofier and goofier by the second. That silly, silly NFL. Uh, but firstly, um, what we, would you like to know about the Arizona Coyotes? How many people on the Arizona Coyotes have over ten goals? How many people? How many players? Zero. Wait, really? Yes. Uh, Verbata and Hansel are both at nine. Verbata would have ten if he scored on uh, Freddie Anderson in overtime of the Peter Holland game. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just thought that was a crazy stat. Yeah. Not one of them. Habs, I believe, have five players with at least 10 goals. Wow. Oh, Which is pretty man. damn good. Someone tweeted me something today. So, we, uh, well, we, I specifically have been wrong about many a thing. And this summer, I didn't have a good summer. Or at least so far, I'm not. Um, particularly pertaining to the Habs. And one was um, uh, the Habs traded Lars Eller in order to get Philippe Deneau. Or some something along those lines. And I said, that's like trading a drill so you can buy a screwdriver. Dude, I don't I think Eller has like what three goals or something like that. And Dino had an amazing two goal performance yesterday. He's been a fantastic contributor for them. Um, Mark Bergevin with every single move he's made so far is he's, making he's me on fire. crow. Making me crow, man. Yeah. Hey, props. I don't I don't need to validate you. The standings do. He also has stylish glasses. Point that out. And his suits. Yeah, he's he looks a beautiful good. man. He is, but you know what? In Montreal, <laughs> Montreal, there's no excuse. There's too many good look places to be good looking. Mm. Like, you, there's too many. They've got great tailors there. Mm. They've got great. You you have to have good fashion. In Montreal. Tell us more about your hometown. Yeah, it's not my hometown. You clearly know. So Actually, much about I have it. a really funny story about. Talk about how much better it is than Toronto. I don't yeah. know. Keep going. <laughs> can I tell you? I actually have a later on. We won't do it now. I, can I tell you about my 
francophone roots that I had no idea about. <laughs> I was born there. I need to hear this. Okay. All right. So, Steve. He was born Gaston Wild. <laughs> when Gaston Benoit Wild. Um, Benoit, I know. I know. Uh, when, when did the Leafs rebuild begin? Steve, this is your article on sportsnet.ca. <laughs> Yes. And it it, it kind of goes through some of the seminal moments that we've seen in the last five years that really kind of could e- each of them be, on their own terms, turning points. They are yeah. turning points, but what's the actual – you go through them all and go, what what is the actual moment when this all started? Yeah, and I, and I tried to dig that up. Uh, about a month ago, I made a video when Randy Carlisle was visiting town, and I said the moment he was fired – was the moment the Leafs rebuild began. And I've gone back and forth with that, and I kind of disagree with it now. I think there's an argument to be made. I think there are some good points, but I don't think that was it. So I went back, and I've had discussions with many people who all feel differently about this, trying to figure out exactly when the Leafs rebuild began. Jeff Vayette has a particularly unique angle that I went through in the blog. So I did an argument for and against for all of them. And he, his argument is this is year four of the rebuild. Meaning, I guess it began somewhere around the 2012 draft. When Morgan Riley was drafted? When the Leafs drafted Morgan Riley fifth overall. And they also got Connor Brown. Um, I get it. I get the points, but I, I just disagree. Like, do you okay now by by when the sure. rebuild started? Do you might mean by when when the intention was there? Well, this is what I tried to figure out, right? So you can make an argument that the rebuild started prior to Brendan Shanahan because the Leafs, the current Leafs, are littered with players from previous regimes. Leo Komarov is a John Ferguson Jr. pick. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far mm-hmm. back this goes. And we learned from someone on Twitter that the Leafs got the pick that drafted Leo Komarov because they traded Nathan Parrott to the Dallas yeah, Stars. Yeah, thank you for that tweet because I brought that's up Nathan crazy. Parrott having in you know, like uh, somebody having their jersey. I was like Nathan Parrott, who has that jersey? Yeah. And, and then, that's then like, a couple Leafs. years later, the Stars made another late round trade with someone else, and they drafted some bum. With a fifth round pick, I think his name is Jamie Ben. Never but. heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> so you could definitely make the argument it started before Shanahan. Then there's Shanahan. I mean, he created the Shanna plan. Like that's it's called that for a reason. Lou Lamorello is the GM, but he doesn't call all the shots. Mike Babcock is the highest paid coach in the sport, but he doesn't call all the shots. It ultimately all goes up to Brendan Shanahan. The argument I have against that is one of his first actions as Leafs president was to extend Randy Carlisle. In the summer of 2014, he wanted to extend Dave Boland at nearly, if not exactly, $5 million a year for five years. And it's funny, I remember, <gasps> I remember the, first, the first interview back at training camp, reporters asked him, you know, how do you feel about this summer? Well, I was we, there. We feel I really good about scrum. it. And he said, sure, would have liked to retain Dave Boland. Yep. Uh, something along those lines, yeah. Now... Um, I, I, I think at that point, Shanahan's view of the franchise and view of hockey would be 1000% different than it is now. It's a disputed moment. It's, 
It's funny. This is a terrible comparison, but I've been listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, which is the best recently. Are you, are you listening to the Armageddon episodes? Where yes. So he's talking about the beginning of World War One. Oh and my it's god! Obviously, completely different from running a hockey team. <laughs> but but not all different. Management's management. But he goes through everything very slowly, and he goes, "This is a key moment. Like everything is a key moment because uh, you have a decision to make." And even though it seems like an insignificant one, if you go through the door on your left, you head to war. If you go through the door on your right, you might avoid it. So that moment where the Leafs don't get Dave Boland, I, I, it's hard to tell if he like maybe he still regrets that. Maybe he thinks he would have been a good leader and and he could be helping this current rebuild. Or did his ideology change? Or did not getting him make him decide? Like, was that the final straw where he goes, without Dave Boland, this team sucks, we need to rebuild? That can't be the case. It might be. It might be. I don't think so. You know what I think it is? I think it's a change in a, a deepening, I wouldn't say a change, a deepening in how he and the rest of us are understanding the game. And I'm not saying that I am on any any level it, close to where Brendan Shanahan or the Leafs Brain Trust is, because I'm not, and I know that. Sure. But I'm, I can tell you that in my time, <laughs> I think that's pretty evident, actually. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to say that. Um, but I think in my time since then and even then we were pro fancy stats we were looking at them we were watching them what are they saying what are they saying what are they saying um even at that point anybody who was a who was a math math nerd in the hockey community would have told you it's a bad signing or watch the leafs play like there was one game in particular where the leafs won they Mm -hmm. won in overtime i believe the game tying goal was scored by trevor smith so that's where we're going back to but the leafs were outshot something like 50 to 20 by the Dallas Stars. Leafs won that game. Now you could look at you could look at the outcome and be like they won. What else do you want? They got ouch they got almost no, more than doubled up in the shot column. That can't sustain. It can't. Hmm. Um I think what I think the Kyle Dubas for for Brandon Shanahan, a huge moment was was hiring Kyle Dubas. Well, I want to I'll I want to get to that last. So, there were a few other moments and I'll I'll go through them a little quicker. Um there was the firing of Randy Carlisle, obviously. Mm-hmm. June, no, January 6th, 2015. That's how recent it was. We just passed the two-year anniversary. Wow. Hey, Last week. We haven't even passed the one-year anniversary of Fanoof getting traded. Can you believe that? Uh, no. Like, no, because like, I hadn't even thought of it that way. It feels a, long, a lot longer ago. I forgot he was traded last season entirely. <laughs> when I saw the 2016, I was like, he wait, Fanoof was on the last place lease for the majority of the season? I don't remember that. As captain. As captain. Which means less than a year ago, the Leafs had a captain. Yeah. It feels like it's been four years. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Um, David Clarkson getting traded is the cap day or cap era equivalent of the Gretzky trade in a completely different light. You know, Wayne Gretzky got traded so anybody can get traded. Okay. David Clarkson got traded. So anybody, anybody can be traded. Nathan Horton, Mark Savard, Chris Pronger, Pavel Datsuk. Have all been traded. Those are contracts you can move because, um, well, there's actually a variety of reasons. I think Datsuk is a little different. They all have cap hits. 
but some of them you can uh, alleviate with LTIR. Some of them, I think Datsuk, involves no real money. Mm-hmm. It just takes up the cap space. So those are all unique situations. Yeah, I don't know if you can put Datsuk on LTIR. No. Clarkson, when he was traded, had a similar cap hit to Nathan Horton, except he was a healthy player. You had to have him on the roster. The reason that deal was made, uh, to my understanding, was the Blue Jackets could afford to have a bad player making about that much money. What they couldn't afford was to have no player making that much money. So it wasn't just about the cap hit. It was about the fact that they had $5.5 million, something like that, just sitting there. Well, and also, beyond that, they were paying Nathan Horton, and that contract wasn't insured. That's part of the problem. Was the, I, My understanding of that, that deal... And part of the reason why it worked so well was because Nathan Horton, the Leafs can pay Nathan Horton themselves. Yeah. But a lot of the time, there is insurance on these contracts. Okay. And 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 if and if I'm totally wrong on this, I I believe I read it in Thirty Thoughts. But if I'm totally mm. wrong on this, call me on it. I'm fine with that. My understanding it. of it was, yeah, chances <laughs> are, chances are, um, that Nathan Horton, for some reason, that contract was not insured, and David Clarkson's, I believe, is. So. There will be so Columbus can afford to put him on LTIR because there's insurance money coming back for that. So they're not actually paying it. That I don't. I don't know how much that. I don't know how far the insurance money would go. But oh. to me, that makes a lot more sense. Point being, the contract was you couldn't buy it out, and and Clarkson was healthy. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could you couldn't buy it out. Uh, he wasn't producing well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was buyout proof. It was good proof. There was no way that contract was ever going to prove itself to be good. Um, it was an unmovable albatross. And the Leafs moved it. When they freed all that up, it freed them to do other things. So mm-hmm. they fired Carlisle, they traded Clarkson. There was a day, uh, Jesse, help me out. I want to say April 2015. Am Four? I right? Oh, that when they fired literally everybody. Oh, let me, let me bring it up. Yeah, sure. On this day, whatever day it ends up being, the Leafs fired Dave Nonis. Head coach Peter Horacek, Chris Dennis, who was an assistant coach, Steve Spott, who was an assistant coach, Rick St. Croix, who was the goalie coach, Jim Hughes, mm-hmm. who I think was the director of player development, and Steve Casper. I can't remember exactly what his role, as well as, according to Damian Cox, 18 scouts. <laughs> Which is insane. They 18 fired scouts. over 20 people in one day. If that, I mean, in order to rebuild, you got to debuild. <laughs> Yeah, and so that day, I mean, what else do you want? It was the 12th. April 12th, 2015. So I will say Before that... Before the draft, too. Horton's contract is uninsured. Interesting. Yeah, so that's a different thing. I just wanted to confirm different that. Different conversation for it, a different But day. I just wanted yeah. to say it is it is uninsured, and that's part of the problem with Columbus. Columbus is part of their problem with For it. sure. Anyway, sorry. But that, to me, that, to me, is the moment. You think that's when they because, fired 25 to me, people? To me, like a plan is only a plan. Like When you're planning something, it doesn't become actionable until you actually take action, right? Uh, and, I know that, and I know that seems weird, but it seemed like on that day, they had been planning something for somewhere like four to five months. And it's funny you say that because a little, a small, funny to me note uh, about that trade, just months prior, Brandon Pridham was hired. Do you know what his role is? Do you know what He's his title is? He's a capologist, is he not? Right, but what's his official title? Assistant general manager? No. Kyle Dubas is an assistant general manager. Mark Hunter is an assistant general manager. Brandon Pridham's title is assistant to the general manager. He's Dwight Schrute. Yeah, kind of. Wow. And he was assistant to 
Well, who's the general manager? At the time, it was Dave Nonis. So he was assistant to a lame duck GM. So, okay, why do you, why do you think that was the moment? I think that was the moment because the plan became action. So when did the Leafs rebuild begin? It began when they cleared house. They knew they sucked. So that you to you, that's just... That was like... Okay. That is rock bottom. They that couldn't was, possibly get worse. Well, it did get worse. And that was the point. See, the point mm. was that mm. they, they knew the next season, that when Babcock was hired, that was part of that plan. But that was later on. That was May 20th, I believe, right? Yeah, around there. Um, May 20th. May 20th. So I think when Horchek and and Spot and all those guys were let go, that's the moment, bingo. You've like I don't know any other moment that the the franchise literally turned on its heel and said, "Okay, we're done." I think the rebuild started, and this is why we skipped it earlier with the hiring of Kyle Dubas on the same day. I want to say July twenty second. 2014. Oh, and the reason I remember this day is the move happened while I was in the air. I was on the way to my honeymoon. Um, and I landed to great news. Um, the Leafs had hired Kyle Dubas mm-hmm. and fired Dave Pullen, yep. who, who I think was VP of Hockey Ops, yeah. and yep. uh, Claude Lozelle, who was assistant GM, and at the time, their Brandon Pridham, <laughs> the guy in charge of watching their cap, and he did a terrible job of that. And that is well documented in dozens of podcasts that we did at the time. That was the moment where you start to see a theme to their moves. Um, they sign Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. Jake Gardner gets extended to a very uh, reasonable, surprising contract when we thought yeah. he was gone. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's because of Dubas, because he was only there for a week. As if they hire a 28-year-old, and within a week, they're like, what should we do? And he's like, offer this guy $20 million. And they're like, okay, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, we'll, no. We'll do Yeah, $21 million, whatever it ended up being. Uh, but it had a theme. Kyle Dubas gets hired. Jake Gardner gets extended for five years. About a month later, they hire Brandon Pridham and the analytics department. So they bring on a, an entire department that they didn't have before. In October, so just... Two months after that, they hire Mark Hunter. And then a couple months later, Carlisle gets fired. And a couple months later, everyone gets fired. And the David Clarkson trade is in the middle of that. So to me, it's Dubas' hiring because that's when things finally start going linearly. There were good moves, you know, interspersed, uh, you know, even in the John Ferguson era, in the Brian Burke era. Dave Notice made some fine moves. We we praised his ability to sign restricted free agents to to team friendly deals. But the moment I started agreeing with almost everything the Leafs were doing <laughs> was when they hired Kyle Dubas. So to me, that's when the rebuild began. But I I mean, the what I basically came up with at the end of it was there is no exact moment the rebuild began. That's definitely the moment where everything started to head in one direction, but none of that happens without Shanahan. And you can't you can't uh you know rebuild your team without scorching the earth. So you could argue that it's the day where they fired so you, over you 20 could argue people. Shanahan. So I You could argue it's any of them. I think the argument is hooray they're good now. <laughs> Man, okay going, I don't think it I don't think it hundred percent matters. Just going through that it, it brought me back to how we, how we felt in those years. It, it was really, bad. It was really bad. It was like bad. now having hope for about, I don't know, the last five months, it's been really great. 
<laughs> it's erased all the bad I memories. I heard someone make the argument that the Leafs haven't been good since Twitter's been invented. Like, we haven't gone yeah, that, through no, a That's a fair argument. Good Leafs. That's a fair argument. My argument is that's not harsh enough. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter was invented in 2007. They were bad long before that. They were bad before Facebook. Yep. Yep. The last time the Leafs made the playoffs... MySpace was yeah, king of social media. The Bruins won because I, I that doesn't count. The last time the Leafs made a playoff made the playoffs in a full season. Uh huh. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg was in a dorm. For real. Yeah, he was like ripping off the Winklevoss twins when Jeremy Roenick scored on Ed Belfour. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. That's, that hurts, he man. had time to become a billionaire, and there is a movie about it. And that movie is now like half a decade old. <laughs> Since the last time the Leafs were good, there you go. What have you what? done with your life? I know. Seriously, sitting around it here, not billionaires. It has been a long ride, <laughs> a long ride. And I mean, the fact that there are some players where you just have to go, kudos. I can't believe you're still here. Um, Who was playing the last time the Leafs were good? That is still playing now, besides Yager. I'm trying to remember. Shane Doan. Well, Joe okay. Thornton. Brian McCabe, I remember, wasn't great in that series against the Flyers. I just interviewed him at an alumni game. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Uh, Belfour regularly shows up to things to get honored in like a jean jacket. Uh, so there's there's another retired guy. Sundin is long retired. No, uh, no. I'm talking about players in the in the league that have been around since then. Yager. Again, y- Yager, Doan, again, Lish Thornton. Marlowe. Marlowe. The list Hosa. is shorter than it is long. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> Put anyway, it that way. We got to wrap it up uh, for for this part. Uh, we're going to come back and we got to talk about the fact that Sam, or I almost said Sammy Kapanen. Here's, here's, Barry Kapanen. Yeah. So the Leafs get eliminated from the 2004 playoffs. Then the 2004 draft comes around. The first overall pick was Alex Ovechkin, who just scored his thousandth point. <laughs> Wow. That's how long ago it was. Bingo. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen can't watch Leaf games. If you haven't seen it at sportsnet.ca, we're going to tell you why. And I think... I'm very interested. I think I understand it. I think I understand it. We'll talk about that next on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Kasperi Kapanen has not got a call up this year. (gasps) How dare the Leafs. Chris Johnson wrote an amazing article uh, you can see at sportsnet.ca on just his mindset right now. And one of the most interesting passages, and it's so interesting, of course, they use it in the title, is he can't watch Leaf games. That is interesting. Because I don't... One, I don't believe it. Like, I I think he's lying. Um, It's like when Darcy Tucker... Uh, used to say he didn't read the paper. Yeah. And then Steve Simmons comes on our podcast and he goes, Darcy Tucker knew where the commas were. Right. I have a hard time believing that a city full of writers has bad things to say about you and you haven't read a single one of them. Well, I, I don't think they have bad things to say about Kasperi Kapanen. Well, I'm talking about Tucker. Oh, okay. So yeah. Kapanen, your goal is to make the Leafs. And you don't watch the Leafs? I get this one. I mean, I'm you're read either the lying you. or going about it the wrong way. I'm going to read the quote to you. Okay. Said, now I'm a Marley, and to be honest, I don't watch Leafs games or anything. I don't really follow them. Obviously, I'll ask Willie how he played after a game. That's about it. If they're playing well, they can do whatever they want. Now, he, uh, the, the way Chris Johnson writes articles, he's not salacious and he's not sensational, and this is why I really appreciate the next sentence. Chris is a great combination of 
journalistic integrity, but also storytelling. Yes. He really gets a story. So he said this approach is best understood as a coping mechanism. Say that again. This approach, as in not watching the Leafs, is best understood as a coping mechanism. And this, I, this is where I get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how weak I am. There were times in my <laughs> career where I have been on the outside of the big thing happening. I'm going to try to be general here because I don't want to insult anyone. Sure. But there's, there's times where you feel like you should be in a position... And you know you should be in that position, and you're good enough to be in that position, but you're not in that position because you're not in control of everything in your life, right? And so at a certain point, I had to, for my own health, step back and go, I can't think about that thing right now because that thing, even though I should be there, even though I should be a part of that thing, um, I'm not. So I need to focus on my thing and make sure it's as great as possible so I can eventually make it to that thing. Other, cause, and I feel like Kasperi's in that same spot. You're 20 years old. You know you're good enough to be in the NHL. Everybody knows you're good enough to be in the NHL. He is going to be, uh, I think, a pretty good player. Um, however... I think all young people go through what you just said, by the way. He, I think so, too. And I think he, this is just textbook, right? Everybody yep. has this. I think that he's like, if I pay attention to what the Leafs are doing, it will drive me mad. Even worse, if you watch a Leafs game... And their third or fourth line winger has a bad game. Oh, you'll just stew about oh. how that could have been you. They got shut out. You know who might have scored a goal? Me. The guy who's scoring all kinds Me. of goals in the AHL right now. Me. This guy. Can you bring up the Marley stats, by the way, Jesse, just so we can get a sense of it? Yeah. And by the way, still have not been great. No, they're not been great. They also they've had a just a carousel and net so maybe some stability will help that chris johnson also said that he said you know we talked to some scouts in the article and he quotes and you should read it at sportsnet.ca but one of the things the scouts are like i don't see any reason why he's not in the nhl already like it's it's one of those things that he has the speed he's got he, he said there's no defense there's no deficiencies in Kapanen's game right now that are keeping him out of the nhl it is a decision by management Kapanen's leading the team in goals and points now that's not he, wow, he passed Brendan Leipzig. Uh, they're tied at 32. And 32 is not bad either. It's Leip- Leipzig has slowed down. Yeah. Kapanen has not really. He didn't start as fast as Leipzig, but he's basically he's been on a steady pace. Now, before everybody gets frustrated and upset with the Leafs for not bringing him up right away, let's just remember that this is still a rebuild. Oh, yeah. And this, is, this was the Red Wings' quote-unquote problem for a long time is they had players good enough to be in the NHL who were not. Mm-hmm. What was them? <laughs> 30 years in the playoffs in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, which still and three has Stanley technically Cups. not ended. Yeah, <laughs> technically speaking, their streak is still alive. Yeah. No, and that's the, that's the thing, is that when you read this article, you're going to go, man, I feel bad for him, but damn, good on the Leafs for being patient. There's a lot of people that disagree with the fact that he's, he's in the minors. That, and I, I mean, I don't think you can argue the fact that he's probably better than some players in the starting lineup on Saturday night. When we're in London for Hockey Night and Cinema, Saturday night, oh, I can't wait. Um, there will be players in the lineup that are less good than Kasperi Kapanen. However, for the role that he is supposed to play, which I know they're turning him into a penalty killer, <laughs> among other things, they don't need that right at the moment. And the who's to say... Pretty good. Exactly. And who's to say he doesn't get the shot towards the end of the season when they're making a playoff push? Who's to say? Who knows what happens at the deadline? 
even if nothing happens, you can't keep him down forever. So here's why I wouldn't watch Leafs if I were him. Okay. And I've heard some things, but I don't know. I have played 58 AHL games. In those games, I had 19 goals <laughs> and 12 assists for 31 points in 58 AHL games. I have played 40 NHL games. I have scored three goals in those games, six assists for nine points. This season, I've played 29 NHL games, scored one goal and three assists for four points in those 29 NHL games. Who am I? Nikita Soshnikov. Nikita Soshnikov. <sighs> Cap- that would Kapanen's drive a- me up a wall. Kapanen's a bl- different player. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not saying Kapanen... Uh, Soshnikov shouldn't be in that spot. I am saying it's a little weird that he only has four points and no one has, no one's cared. No one's cared or said anything about it. Well, here's here's what I'm Matt thinking. Matt Martin, you expect it. Yeah. Soshnikov. You expect more. I mean, you remember the first game he played. It was, it was the McDavid game. Bad out of hell. His first week. And it really looked like he had, he had some offensive flair. He played up in the lineup a little bit. What are you saying, Adam? What, what, what? I think he's, I think he's going to be traded. Sosh? He's so young. He is young. He is so I young. Think he's being but what have I been saying for months now is they have too many forwards. I think if you're if you're trading anyone, it's him. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, I you know, I've thought this for a while now, but like I want him every player who is currently on the Leafs and in the Leafs system, I want to succeed on the Leafs. Yes. That being said, I've looked at Soshnikov and I go. Boy, oh boy, if I am the Chicago Blackhawks, I would love this player. Him or Leo Komarov. He makes... No, no, screw Leo Leo, Komarov. Yeah, Leo makes too much money. He makes too much money. Soshnikov makes, what, Jesse? Six or seven hundred grand this year and next. Kills penalties. He has played on the power play. Vicious. You can play him... Be vicious. Play him wherever you want in the lineup. Seven thirty-six this year. Seven thirty-six next year, and then an RFA. Give it to me, boys. Give it to me. And someone, someone tweeted me, and they. Okay, you're all gonna think this is really stupid, but I get where they're coming from. They said, "Is it possible the Leafs could get Trevor Van Riemsdyk from the Blackhawks for Frank Corrado and a pick?" Sure. I mean, yeah, it's possible. David Clarkson was traded. It's possible. Yeah, everything is possible. Um, And I get where you're coming from. The Blackhawks may need to trade that player or may feel like they need to trade that player. They need to replace him with a defenseman. It's obviously not enough, so might have to be a, a pick included. I wonder if instead of pick or to go along with the pick, Karato Soshnikov. I for mean, Trevor, they, for TVR? They, yeah, maybe. Is TVR the guy they need? I don't know. I'm just saying a team that wants wingers, want offense, they want someone who can play with pace. And they need them cheap. For example, and, and they need them cheap. They should they should be calling the Leafs every day and seeing what the price is. Um, Van Riemsdijk seems like a similar player to Shostakov, though. Like, Tra- Tra- he's a defenseman, yeah. though. Oh, well... Yeah, but he's making only eight twenty five. You know, he's only twenty five. Oh, is he only making eight twenty five? Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, that's I what I was thinking. I thought he was roster. making two something. Maybe no, ne- was he extended next year? Oh, or something? that doesn't make sense. I don't know. That I doesn't make sense. I and right. I also think we're a little bit in love with the name Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to let go of that whole the the brother. Yeah, thing. I don't. I don't know. He's not his brother. 
and expecting him to be his brother is the same stuff that got us into trouble with other players, Dave Boland, uh, in the past. You can't expect a player to be... Um, Who they were on the Blackhawks? <laughs> yeah. Or or expect a player to be what your sky-high expectations are. What is Trevor Van Riemsdyk? He's a, mm. he's a third-pairing guy. Mm. Mostly. And, and that's not to say he can't be better. But, I mean, we got to remember here that... Trevor and James are not the same people. It's funny. This started with a conversation about Kasperi Kapanen yes. doing well in the <laughs> AHL. And but I he, turned I, it into, we need Trevor Van Reems. <laughs> Here's what, we, we do need a defenseman. However, I don't know that we need them now. Because because if they're pushing for the playoffs now, just push for the playoffs. Yeah. Because you're not, listen, if you're trying to win the cup this year, you're crazy. You're trying to push for the playoffs, and yes, you're, yes, the players are trying to win the cup. Yes, the coach is trying to win the cup. But are you gearing up and adding all your Power Ranger pieces? Like, you know, combining all the cars and Power Ranger? No, you're not. You're not pulling out the big... <laughs> Megazord, Adam. You're not making the Megazord sword thing right now. <laughs> let's this year. trade everyone for Taveras, and let's make this run. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> well, okay. The, hold on. Hold okay, on. Sure, sure, sure. Here's what I think. You got Van Riemsdyk up in a year and a half, Right. If you J- tra- JVR, JVR. Okay. If he if he goes from the Leafs right now, that is a real big kick in the gut. It's a hole. It's a huge hole. You can and you can get more for him now than next year, but you maybe, need him now. Maybe, I but that brings us now. into the Mark Spector article, which is interesting. Oh. It's a good tie-in. The reason I'm thinking that I think the Leafs are going to hang on to JVR until his contract's up. I don't think there's any reason to trade him unless you get a great deal. You don't think they even trade him. Now, here's why. I disagree. Here's why. But I'll explain why I disagree. Here's why. You've got Kasperi Kapanen, who will be in a year and a half, you know, if if he's developed properly and he's got the right attitude, which it sounds like he does. He's focused on what he's doing. He's obviously, the results are showing in the AHL, which is a hard league to score points in. It is. Really, really hard. Um, Kasperi Kapanen, will come in, and I'm not saying he will be James Van Riemsdyk, but if you're looking for a guy to score 20 goals out of your system, Kasperi Kapanen is your best your best hope. And potentially Brendan Leipzig. Right now. In, right? The, in the American League? No, Leipzig is... He puts up points, but he's more of a... Uh, a little bit more of a playmaker. So if JVR is a 25 to 30 goal scorer, if you're looking for a 20 goal scorer, hopefully to make up for that when he goes... A potential 30 goal scorer. A potential 30 goal scorer. I know that, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, JVR is... In the past, scored yeah, between... I'm talking tw- Kapanen and ceiling. Oh, Kapanen and ceiling, 30 goals eventually. Maybe. Looks like it. Then that's the guy that replaces JVR's production. I'm not saying he replaces his style of play. Okay. So you got to look at it in this situation. Like, okay, so if you're the Leafs, what's the benefit to trading James Van Riemsdyk? Right now, I don't think there is one, unless you're bringing in a Jacob Truba. Or Brandon Carlo. And or, if you're the Jets, why the hell would you Why would you do that? JVR? You don't need him. So, so unless there is... Valid return, which brings me to the Mark Spector article, which is how the, and it's titled this, how the Hall-Larsen deal shifted the market. And in it, Mark Spector talks about the fact that, you know, he, he mentions JVR specifically, and I'm actually going to pull up a quote, if you don't mind. Um, Stop talking about Toronto. Oh, wait, he's from Alberta? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. Okay, give me, the, give me a sec. <clears throat> I've been getting that a lot. If Leafs fan thought Shirelli got fleeced on the Hall deal, at least one scout we spoke with said Toronto won't get a player as good as Larson in return for the older Van Riemsdyk, who has a modified no-trade clause and is one season away from becoming an unrestricted free agent. The the comparison between Hall and JVR, said the scout who thinks the Leafs will have to sweeten the pot, you're not trading Mitch Marner, so, so William Nylander has got to be the guy. He's skilled, but how good? 
And he says, the Leafs are exactly where Edmonton was a year ago, stocked with young talent up front, but blue line uh, core needs at least two quality NHL defensemen. I don't know if I believe that. No, that's and I don't uh, think that, that is uh, not. I don't think that's a fair comparison assessment. at all. However, however, and I'm not. I don't agree with Mark Spector at all either. I think Edmonton got fleeced, and I think they could have got more. I see a point, but but I, I see a point. It, it's an exaggeration. Yes. Yeah. Does JVR net you and Adam Larson? Well, I sure hope not. No. <laughs> I sure hope you can do better because uh. at this point, hard to do worse. I honestly, I, I think Edmonton got fleeced and I stand by that. Yeah. And Mark is obviously telling the truth. I'm not saying he's lying. But what I, I often hear reporters go, I spoke to a scout. Again, in April of two years ago, the Leafs fired 18 Scouts, and that wasn't even all of them. Do you know how many scouts there are in the National Hockey League? One scout's opinion isn't that important, right? Well, and so at I just when it comes to this, I think in this particular situation, if I'm Leafs management, the worst that can happen is James Van Riemsdyk walks for nothing, which is poor asset management. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. However, or sticks around. if you're trying to win, if you're trying to win. Tell me how the team's better without JVR. You got to replace him. Exactly. So Kasperi Kapanen is probably waiting in the wings that they're probably hoping, okay, next year, at the very, at the very, very latest, Kapanen's in the lineup all the time playing probably beside Kadri and Komarov, right? That seems to be where the hole in the lineup is because that's where Sasha's playing. Um, uh, it's Nylander now. Oh, it's Nylander now. Yeah, yeah recently right. it's been Will. Um, and I guess Sasha's been back on the fourth line, right? Yes, which, I mean, why isn't he scoring points? Well, that's why. And Connor Brown is obviously playing well as well. I think, Matthews, yeah. I think the only way that you can trade James Van Riemsdyk is that if you're sure Kasperi Kapanen can at least score 15 to 20 goals. And you need a full season to you make need a, that assessment. You do. And I think next year's that full season. Kapanen, last year, he was kind of buried on the Marlies, granted, but wasn't mind-blowing. No. He was a healthy scratch to start the playoffs and then ended up being very good. But this isn't a guy they're 100% sold on. Um, but he still looks still looks pretty good now. And JVR's output is 30 goals. Yeah, I maximum, I think. But he's, uh, he's I'd say I'd say he's averaged it. Well, he he he's only scored 30 goals once in his career. He was on pace for it last year, I mm-hmm. think. He was 14 in 40 games. Mm-hmm. I have it up here. And remember uh, and he's this close. year he's 14 in 39. And remember he is hitting his peak now. He hit 30. He's at his peak now. Yes. So he's a he's a thirty goal sixty five point player I think at his peak mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, and you're saying and the, and the room later he, he'll yeah off. and okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. I think the room he creates uh, he's usually a pretty healthy guy. Um, he's he's a hell of a player. He's amazing, and I don't think Kapanen replaces his size or his physicality or any of that stuff. But I feel like the Leafs can't intelligently let a guy like that go, a top line guy like that go without first making sure that there is someone in the system to replace that production. And this is the funny, frustrating thing. Do we agree that Leipzig is a future NHL player? I got to see him play more. I think so. Okay, let's... Like, TJ Brennan was the, the, the Leafs' leading scorer, or the Marlies' leading scorer, yeah, right? Yeah, was, he was essentially a rover. Can't even really call him a defender. Right. Um, I mean, geez, you see him score goals, and you see him on the power play, you're like, why isn't this guy in the NHL? And then the second the puck gets into his end, you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Um... If if we assume Leipzig is a future NHL player, and if we assume Kapanen is a future NHL player, and if we assume the team that they make the NHL with is the Leafs, two guys got to go. Who are those two guys? 
Hunter I, Brown? Don't think so. No, I think I hate to Zach say Hyman? this. Don't think so. I think it's. I think it's. Um, and I don't think Sosh? it's. The, you can't say Sosh because so. that's a fourth line role. So you got to look at the top three lines. And and Babcock loves him. Matt Martin. No, not at the moment. Sticking around. No, I think I think that the names are Van Riemsdyk and Komarov. I have a question. I don't know. Unless you can keep Komarov at the same price or less next year. If we're in a similar position where we're like on the verge of a playoff spot and you still have JVR, do you, do you trade him for draft picks only so then you still have that roster spot? Or do you try for the playoffs with him? I think you try for the playoffs with him. You give your chance, especially next year, when they're then when the team will be expected to be good. This is like now now they're now it's like, wow, that's unexpected. They're they're doing pretty good. Next year it's like, no, you are you are expected to be pretty good or better. So that little playoff run is worth more than future players. Well, you can I always don't get think a, they think that way. I don't think so either. And I, I think that you've got to look at what you can get back in terms of if there's a prospect that's NHL ready next year. That's what I'd be looking to get for him. Like um I keep going back to Marco Dano. What they thought Marco Dano would be. Anthony Mantha a year ago. Okay, that's a good that yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Um, this is fascinating. If you're a fan of another NHL team and you listen to the show, this this part of the show probably gets pretty exhausting for you because <laughs> we, we get really into the oh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Here comes minutia oh! of the Leafs. Um, but you have the opportunity, opportunity to learn about our minutia. F- we're talking about trades as Leafs fans in a way that we haven't for years, which is selling is easy. Like, you just trade players and you get picks and prospects and you pat yourself on the back because at least you got some. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to be good. So, like, it doesn't even matter if you necessarily got fair value. If you if fair value is a second-round pick and you got a fourth, whatever. You didn't want that player and you got a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Um, but now we're talking about, like, hockey trades and... Does this hurt the team? We haven't actually considered if a Leafs trade hurts the team for like years because we wanted it to hurt the team because we wanted to tank because we wanted a guy like Matthews. The reason I think that they may hang on to JVR next year, and this might be a bad example, so call me on it, is P.A. Parenteau. So you're saying... They let P.A. Parenteau walk. Now, I think they tried to re-sign him. I think they did. But they let P.A. Parenteau walk, and at this point... Even if you got a seventh for P.A. Parento, it would have been better than what they got for him. Than what the Islanders got. Yeah, well. the Islanders got nothing too. But the Leafs got nothing for P.A. Parento. How did two teams get nothing for Parento in like three months? <laughs> a guy who scored 20 goals last year and will again this year. How did he, how? How did he not get traded? So that's why I think... Well, he got injured right before the deadline. Oh, okay. Well, still, you could have got something. He got injured, I want to say... You can't trade an injured player. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't, and even if they're like, oh, he's okay, he's just a little banged up, Yeah, there's so little time before the playoffs start, teams go, ah, eh, because we want someone who can Maybe play that's what right it was. away. Yeah. No, it's 100%, because I remember I was at um, I was at a Montreal Canadiens game in Montreal. Actually, I was the, that was the day they traded James Reimer, but it was prior to the trade deadline. Mm. And I think Parento... I, I, if I remember correct, I wanted to see him play one last game against the Habs and stick it to him. And I think what ended up happening was he got hurt. Or he might not have even started the game. I don't remember. Jeez, I can't even remember who was in the Leafs lineup that night. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because it was a different Michael team. Michael anyway, We got to go on Sportsnet 590, the fan. It's nice to be able to talk about this stuff, isn't it? Isn't it? So great. So uh, in the online portion, which you can get at sportsnet.ca, uh, we're going to talk about Winnipeg.
and we're gonna talk about uh, how bad it how bad is it gonna get. How bad is it going to get? And oh also, uh, Matthews and Marner in context, how great are the rookie seasons so far as compared to everyone else in history? In a segment we call Birch, Please. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. Uh, how has he not Steven thought of that? Birch. Yeah, you're right. All right, so uh, the podcast brought to you by Panago Pizza. It's what's on the inside that counts. We will see you online. What do you want to say, Stephen? I, actually, I tweeted uh, a long time ago that I, I think... Steve Birch's articles should be called Take Me to Birch. <laughs> uh-huh. But I because still think... it's like Take Me to Church. I know. I think Birch Please is way better. Because Take Me to Church was a passing song. Birch slapped. Just take everything they say for <laughs> Ben... Take everything they say for Ben Bishop and just put Birch instead of Bish. <laughs> just put Birch. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Birch let's, tree. Steve, can we talk about Winnipeg? Who wants to do that? Okay, fine. Let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets, who currently sit 11th. Uh, They are in the NHL. No, in the West. In the West, yeah. Oh baby, they are 20, 21, and three. Only one point out of the wild card as it stands. Really? Yeah. Wow. (sighs) Three point games. Keep everyone in it. What? um, Parody. They only have three pity points. Parody. They only have three three pity points. points. Yeah, but the other way as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, now, wait. Um, how many games in hand are involved with the team they have the wild card? I do not have that in front of me. Okay, Jesse, you want to have a look at that? Um, they have forty-four games, and LA has forty-one games. Yeah, the Jets Ooh. had a very heavy front half. They kind of had the opposite. Of the so least. they're really they could be three or four points out. Yeah, depending upon how LA does, which I think they're they're doing better. They're but coming on strong. Maybe part of their poor play is they've played so damn much. That could be it. And now, like that's hold on, rough hold on. Let's not, there's before, not there's there aren't really any teams close to Winnipeg too. Before, so they got to travel a lot. Before you get there, before you get there, yes, I want to know about this tweet last night. Before you talk about poor potential play, okay. Steve, you tweeted last night, genuine question, is Paul Maurice actually not good, that good of a coach, or does he pretty much always have a bad team, bad goalie, or both? What prompted you to say that? Okay. Paul Maurice's record as an NHL coach, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's abysmal. Jesse, are you able to... Oh, Oh, hello. That's the wrong Paul Maurice. No, it's not. No, no. Is this Paul Maurice? Yeah, that's Paul Maurice. Sorry, that's Maurice Paul. Maurice Paul. He's, he's, a, he's a little baby in that picture. Aww. though. His first head coaching job, he was like 28. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so, let's read his stats from the OHL where he played for the Windsor <laughs> Compuware Spitfires. And they had to be called Compuware back then. So, Paul Maurice's first head coaching job in the NHL was with the Hartford Whalers. So, even though he is 49... He's only 49. He's not even 50 yet. His NHL head coaching career began in 1995. Wow. 22 years. It also says he was an assistant during the 95-96 season, so I can only assume someone got fired and then he got promoted to head coach sometime during 95-96. His team has missed the playoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times. They've lost in the first round one, two, three, four, five times. The only time, how many times have they gone past the first round? One. In 2002, they lost in the Stanley Cup final. 
in 2000. They beat the Leafs. They beat the Leafs to get there. With, by the with, way, yeah, with the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, he he was yeah head coach of the Carolina team that beat the Leafs with Jeff O'Neill. And in 2009, the Hurricanes lost in the conference final. Did I forget nine? that? Wow. I forgot that too. Yeah. Hey, they've won a cup, so <laughs> yeah. weird. And he's and been the coach there twice. Yeah, yeah. in 2000, what, what year did the Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup? That was 2006, 2006, right? He was head coach of the Toronto Marlies at the time, who, by the way, lost in round one. So his record as a head coach is terrible. But I'm like, okay, he keeps getting hired. And we always joke about like Randy Carlisle, for example, how he won a cup and he can just ride that for the rest of his career. That's not necessarily true. The Ducks are doing fine this year, you know, but whatever. John Tortorella, prior to this season, shut up. None of you agreed that he was a good coach. Stop. None of you agreed with that, especially after the World Cup. None of you agreed. Uh, I still don't know that he is. I think he's got a great goaltender. I know he's the coach of the first place team. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's the coach of the first place team. But prior to this year, you would have agreed with me that, yeah, you won a Stanley Cup in 2004, and he's been riding that ever since basically. The formula has been there. Start well, peter off, blow up, get fired. With the Canucks, it didn't even, they didn't even have the get good part. No, they started bad they and blew up. Bad. Yeah. And got mad. <laughs> um, the Canucks, here's how high the standard for the Canucks used to be. They fired, um, they Alan fired Vino after a first round playoff loss. And I believe almost a president's trophy. They, they not almost. Have, yeah, they had it that year. A yeah. president's trophy. It was yeah. a president's trophy. Yeah, yeah, that was so stupid. Because they won like two in a row or three in a row. Yeah, something Some, crazy. Something crazy. Yeah. And firing Alan Vigneault. Man, never bet against him. The Rangers are good again. I know. It's unbelievable. But now, Paul Maurice doesn't have that. He doesn't have that crazy track record. And people were like, "Oh, he's been riding the 2002 run for his whole career. He's riding a loss in the Stanley Cup final." Are you sure? I don't think so. Now, but then I started to think, okay, who? what are all the teams that Paul Maurice had? Okay, he had the Hart- Hartford Whalers. Brutal. I'm struggling to remember who any of the players on those teams were. He Rod Brindamore. He might have coached Nick Kiprios. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think that was that was much earlier in Nick's career. I don't remember who his goalies were. Maybe Sean Burke. Not totally sure. With the Hurricanes, he had post-good Cam Ward. So he had decent Cam Ward who evolved into not really good Cam Ward. He also Ward. had Archer's Urbe early on. Archer's Urbe, I want to say, was the goalie who beat the Leafs. Might have been. And again, you weren't getting prime Archer's Urbe. You were getting, his pads are pretty black now. No. <laughs> Archer's Urbe. Yeah. You, you were getting, pads started white, didn't change them for a decade, and that's how they looked. Mom's couch cushions are Arthur Zerbe. With the Leafs, he had Vesta. No, he had Andrew Berkshire. <laughs> Andrew Berkshire. Andrew Raycroft. I hope he, I hope he did. <laughs> he and, put Andrew Berkshire in that. No, he had Andrew Raycroft. And Vesatoskala. Who was horrendous. Then he had Vesatoskala, who was horrendous. And then I think he got fired. And then he goes to Winnipeg, and he's got Andre frickin' Pavlik forever. And then 
who is not an NHL goaltender. I can finally confidently say. No, and what's that, you know what's you know what's amazing? I see. I saw Jets fans on Twitter last night. Okay, the Jets lost seven four to the Montreal Canadiens. That's what caused this whole conversation. I saw Jets fans last night going, you know what, Paul Maurice should be fired because Pavlik is in the minors right now and he's playing well. Like they didn't watch him play poorly for half a decade. Yeah, but he had that one good streak after I said he was Holy bad. Holy shit, he had a 20-game streak. You want to talk about riding a good performance for a while. Ba- Pavlik mm. having 20 decent games justified his whole brutal career. <laughs> justified the whole damn thing. Do you want me to play the 25-second press conference I that he did? I would love it because Paul Maurice got mad. It was the whole game from the goaltender to, the, to every guy up front. It wasn't, we're not walking away going, our goalie's got to play better. We didn't play well enough to win that game. They didn't play well enough to win that game, but they're, they're no different than everybody else in that room. We're not, we were horse from the start, from the drop of that first puck right to the very end of it. And then he walks off because there's nothing else to say. No, Paul nope. Maurice has a history of Getting pretty mad and yelling on the benches. You know, it's not the first time we saw that. We saw that with the Leafs. There was one notoriously poorly officiated game. The Leafs got completely jobbed. Uh, and I think they were down five on three in overtime against against the Hurricanes, ironically. And after the game, you know, you get Paul Hendrick, who's just trying to be everybody's friend. And he timidly kind of walks up to Paul Maurice and he's like, so what happened there? And there was like the longest three seconds I've ever experienced where Paul Maurice is just... Angry face, staring at the ground, figuring out how to not be fined $25,000. <laughs> just sitting there and he goes, you know, there's a good story here. And, and you just see him shaking with rage. And he starts to he try to talk as calmly as he can about the two penalties that were called. I think that was the game where Nick Antropov got suspended for throwing a stick at a ref after the game. Anyway, there's a history here. But name a good goalie Paul Maurice has ever had. Like, Connor Hellebuck, who shouldn't be to blame for the that loss, shouldn't even be to blame for how poorly the Jets are doing. He's been, like, roughly NHL average, and that's... Pretty much as good as it gets. That's not just top half of the goalies that Paul Maurice has had. He's probably a top five, top three goalie that Paul Maurice has ever had. So, I tweeted. I, I said that tweet that you read. I got, I got a DM from someone who I didn't expect to get a DM from. Sportsnet Stats. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, um, they said, you know, you could always just ask the stats department. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. Sometimes I forget that I can do these things. I love that the Sportsnet stats department has a great sense of humor, too. Oh, they that, do. That is my favorite follow. I'm not 100% sure because it was just the Sportsnet stats Twitter. I know a few people within the Sportsnet stats department. I, I'm not sure who I was speaking to. They have one guy in particular who works there, Steve Fallon who is, they're all wizards there. They're all, I send them requests and they, in record time, I'm like, how did you even find this? Where did you start your research? Do you just think of these questions on your own, research them and then have them ready? How on earth do you do it? So my question was, what is the, well, what is the career save percentage of Paul Maurice's goalies. What do you think? Like, here, Jesse, can you bring up the save percentage leaders in the NHL right now? I will do that. Because I want to give you an idea of how, like, Paul Maurice might actually be a decent coach. I, I, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say it's not good, just based on the leaps. 
you won't believe how not good. When you hear how ungood they are, you'll blow out your fucking knees. <laughs> it's just sometimes stats are hard to find because it, I just we've, realized, we've discussed why this is not Jesse's fault. Yeah, I told Jesse to look something up on NHL.com. I'm sorry. Um, so who is the top safe percentage right now? Nick with nine three nine. Wow, that's wow. really good. Incredible. So that's that's the best of the best, though. Who's number ten and what's their safe percentage? Number ten. Don't say Freddie Anderson. Don't say Freddie Anderson. Don't say Freddie Anderson. It might be. He was top ten uh, for a bit. Nine twenty three Luongo, depending on it, how many people <laughs> are counting, like games played wise. We're it's not, around. No, we're not worrying about that. It's around like nine twenty five Scott Darling. Okay, he's that's, nineteen. That's games, very yeah. good. Okay, so top ten. If you have a top ten goalie in the league, that's a good goalie. Let's go down to twenty. Twenty. Let's go down to twenty. What is the save percentage of the twentieth best goalie in the NHL right now? At Markstrom at a nine twelve. What's around? 912. Okay, that's probably 20. around. Is that around where Connor Hellebuck is right now? Yeah, Connor Hellebuck's at a 910. Okay, so he's so not even blow. he's not even top 20. No. No. But they I mean, think they I found expect, their answer in net. Well, Overall goalies. He's young though. He's 42nd in terms of all goalies <sighs> played. At a 910. Like I Oh, so he's 42nd. Yeah. At 910. Yeah. Who is number 50? At 50, Steve Mason, 903. He's wow, really? <laughs> played 35 games. Whoa. Wow, I thought he... Whoa. When did that happen? Yeah. Because I thought he had this resurgence. So, wow. he is the 50th best goalie. How many goalies have played? Uh, 77. Wow. Who's the worst? Let me jump to page I want to know two. what the worst is. Oh, it's on page two. That's not good. It's never good when you're on page two. George Alves with a zero. Oh, that, that, oh so, okay. Seconds. So now we're talking about essentially fictional goalies. Yeah, that, that was the equipment manager of the Hurricanes. <laughs> How amazing um, is that? I'm taking. I would take a screen cap of that if I were him. Oh, totally. So who was 72nd <laughs> or whatever? Um, Second last, whatever the number was. Chris Dreiger. He played. Uh, oh, Dreiger. Dreiger from uh, the Sens. Seven thirty-three. Played forty <laughs> minutes, allowed six goals. Oh my God! Okay, so Malcolm Subban. He, he had one bad game. Seventy-five. But he probably had one bad eight, game. 13. Yeah, okay. Played one so game. let's go back to Steve Mason. He was what? 50th? 50th. 50th. So he, Steve Mason is having a bad year. Really bad. A bad, putting my finger up, one, one. year. He has had previous bad years. But, but he's also had good years. He's had good years. Paul Maurice's head coaching career, which again started in 1995-1996, the collective save percentage of the goalies he's had, unless I wasn't clear enough with the stat to look up. I think they figured Please it out. This is crazy. It's like a 6 <laughs> No, it's, it's not as crazy as you think it's going to be. But they tweeted me, 0.904. .9035 to be exact. Who's got a .904? Who's, well, no, .9035. Steve Mason five, is so, 903. Yeah, so who is like... Vasilevsky. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me. Tampa's been brutal. Halak lately. Is that a 904 as well. Yeah, and he got waived. So Paul Maurice's average goalie throughout his career is a waiver goalie. <laughs> That's insane. I can I can understand why he walked out of that press conference. Now, I wanted to be fair. Okay. Oh, oh, oh! And here's even better. 
these are the numbers they used. So again, and I said, you know, are you sure like the shots and goals of like empty net goals, like are those counted in there? Because they technically shouldn't be if we're talking about save percentage. Um, and they said empty netters not included. The 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 save percentage was uh, his goalies have only stopped thirty five thousand one hundred and twenty six shots out of a possible thirty eight thousand eight hundred and seventy seven. So I I tried to go even I even deeper with it right because the hockey in nineteen ninety five ninety six was not the same as the hockey today. When did hockey really 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 change? I would say 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. after the lockout. Um, I said, what's the save percentage since the 0506 lockout? And the answer is, um, we spoke about certain things, and then he goes, by the way, since 2005, it's also 904. Wow. 9037. So it is well, it's ever. So, yeah. I mean. It's like point oh 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 uh, two better. Do you want some Paul of the Maurice league? has never had a good goalie. <coughs> no. Never once. Do you want some of the league average save percentage? This is the save percentage across the entire NHL. Last well, where were you getting this from? Uh, hockey reference. Oh, okay. So last year, 15-16, uh, 9-15 was the league average save percentage. 9-15. So and 10 his points goalies below are that, th- or more than 10 points. Sure do wish Andre Pavlik would come back. Oh here's the God. here's what I, I want to know. This poor fucking guy. And, well, and, and what he was upset about wasn't even the goalie's performance. No, it was his team played like shit. Um, first off, we but know that's, the, that's the most incredible. the most important position is always going to be goaltender. That we know. When I was thinking about it this morning, do the Winnipeg Jets seem a bit stale to you? In what way? Well, there's a lot of guys who have been there a long time. When because, they have line, they're very exciting. Yes, they are. But I feel like there are players that have been there a long time, like Bufflin. I'm sure tons of players that have been there a long time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Players that have been there a long time because we all know that the general manager does not make trades. Okay. Except for when he does. Except for when he does, which is seldom twice. It took him five years to make his first trade. Okay. Like, (laughs) that's insane. Um, Now, he has developed good players. He's developed a good core. At what point is it on the GM in a soft goalie market? To say, ah, here's our chance. But now, so having said all this about Paul Maurice and his goalies, is it Connor Hellebuck? I think it is. I think you need a better goalie than Connor Hellebuck. I think you, if you've got a team that is supposed to make the playoffs, Connor Hellebuck, no matter how great he could be, right now is not the guy you're like, yeah. yep, we're placing here's, all our hopes on him. Here's maybe a more fair question Are they putting too much on Connor Hellebuck too soon? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think they thought they could make up with it, uh, make up for it with Tyler Myers, Dustin Bufflin, and Jacob Truba now. Mm-hmm. I think they thought. Damn, that's not a bad. And look at they, unless, is Myers hurt? I feel yes, like he, he is. He is oh, out. Okay. He's been yeah, out, yeah, he's yeah, been out for a while. Yeah. Part but, of it, and they're but, missing Line A but, too. But he's one player. And yeah, Line A being out hurts too. Marco Dano's out. Yeah, those are those are some yeah. significant. I don't know, man. I, I still think you I think they missed an opportunity this summer in even a James Reimer. I really think they did. Uh, Ottawa, I'm sure, would give you Andrew Hammond. Curtis McElhaney was on waivers, or, well, Gustafson. I'm, maybe those guys are Well, McElhaney's not Maybe those guy. guys aren't wonderful no, examples, but, but no, goalies no. have been available. You know what the Leafs did? You know what they had? No goaltending. What did they do? They went out and they traded spare parts for Freddie freaking Anderson. Here's what I would like to know. Who have the other Jets goalies been? Like, just Hellebuck and Hutchinson? 
Hutch- they got Hutchison? Hutchison, Hellebach, and then Pavlik buried in the minus. How's Hutchison been? I would love to know. I just, if the market is soft, you've got a great team. Mark Shifley is looking like amazing. Dustin Bufflin's always been Dustin Bufflin. Why have you not got a goaltender? That's true. How Shifley, have you not solved this problem? If I remember correct, Brian Little's had a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Uh, 17 games played, 890 save percentage. God! Nice. So not only do you ha- have... So it's not even that it's Connor Hellebuck. It's, that's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, call a Pavlik. Okay. But you How knew much this. better than Michael Hutchison do you think he's going to be? The point is you knew this. Okay. You knew this going into the season. You knew this going into the last season and the season before. You knew Andre Pavlik wasn't good enough, but you stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him. You did it again last year, and now you're doing it again to Connor Hellebuck and Mike. And Mike it's Mike Hutchinson, right? Yeah. Hutchinson, yeah. yeah. I think you're preaching to the choir, Adam, because Jets fans, what they scream about half the time is that Chevy. Get a goalie. Well, not even get a goalie. He won't. He doesn't do anything. This offseason <laughs> seems like the year that they should go get the goalie because Pavlik's up, and that frees up 2.9, and then they're only paying Hutchison 1.1 and Hellebuck 600 grand. So, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing they're still getting, who cares with, their, with Pavlik's goal, money? The $2.9 million is nothing. They could have absolutely... Nah, they could have nothing. For Winnipeg, that's something. They to could be have, buried in the minors. Yeah, they yeah. could, yeah. Have, Winnipeg, they could yeah. have James Reimer for less than 3.4, I'm sure. And that's what he signed for in F- Florida. I'm sure James would have loved to go back and be the, be the guy. But then is James Reimer your starting goaltender? Are you doing that? Uh, why or, not? Or do you have him splitting games with Connor Hellebuck? League average goaltending. You just yeah. need league average I goaltending. People are going to get Reimer? caught up. Yeah, people are going to get caught up. Yes, it is, first of all. I don't know. If that's people are going to get caught up in the names that you're bringing up. But uh, you're, Just get league average. Yeah, the... I don't think league average goaltending is that hard to find. No! We got a glut of goaltenders. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Marc-Andre Fleury. What? That? Then then you're talking Winnipeg Jets. Wow. Potential playoff team. Not potential playoff team. Potential know. second, third round, maybe Stanley Cup if they get hot. Here's the question. Am I choosing the wrong time to bring this up? No. Because the Jets have been playing poorly. That's what Paul Maurice got so upset about. Mm-hmm. Um... Also, I think so, they need. I think they need to trade because I think the jet dressing room's stale. I think they so need. Think to, I need to say they need to shock some people. It's not goaltending. It's not coaching. It's it's people well, have been there too long. Well, yeah, and I think they've they've lost a lot. They've made the playoffs once or twice, and I think that once. they've one time they haven't won a game yet. Yeah, so I think that there have been a lot of people that have been there that whole time, and I think that sometimes you get used to. Well, oh well, I guess I'll be. I'll still be here next year. It's not like they're going to move me out no. because they don't move anyone out. But then you start to get into things that we've criticized in the past. Bufflin's been there a long time. Do you get rid of him? I'm not saying no. Bufflin. No, no, no. I know, but this is. I'm going through players who have been there a long time. Mm-hmm. Bufflin. Well, you're not going to move. No, him. I think you keep him. Blake Wheeler. He's been fantastic. Yeah. You're not going to move him. Shifley. Why would you do that? No. Uh, Brian Little. Maybe I don't. I don't really think. Evander so. Kane. It, well, he's gone. <laughs> um, so this is the thing. Like, yeah, I, who do you move? If I'm a Jets fan, they got prospects. Like it's not bleak. It's not I just as think bleak need- as what we were saying in the summer. Then again, the teams we were criticizing in the summer ended up doing pretty good. Goalie, uh, I, I, I goalie. I just can't help but feel like Paul Maurice is going to get fired soon, and it's it's the Bruce Boudreaux thing in a way. It's it's. It's. I'm not calling Paul Maurice Bruce Boudreaux, by the way, but they fired him just because. 
Is it uh, Tortorella, how he comes into Columbus, and then now they have actual goaltending, and he looks like a good coach. Mm-hmm. And next year when, when Bobrovsky falls in. off again, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, because because Bobrovsky seems like one of those guys, he might, maybe uh, maybe he stabilizes, but Bobrovsky won a Vesna and then was awful, and, and got Todd Richards fired. And now he's back to winning a Vesna. Yeah. And that's not to say, that's not, again, I love Bobrovsky. It's great when he's great. But, man, there there are some goalies that have good years and bad years. Pecorino had a bad year last year. Bad. But he's back to being somewhat Pecorino. You know how much Jets fans have to be loving that we're actually talking about the Jets for a change? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Even though it's this way? I don't know. I'd love to know from Jets fans what they think. I think it's the goaltending, and I think they knew. I think the fans knew. I think management knows. And I think they've got a guy who's slow on the trigger. I saw a tweet a few years ago about Mike Gillis when he was still the guy in uh, Vancouver, still the GM. And they're like, well, <laughs> somewhere Mike Gillis is writing down plans for a sandwich he's going to make three years from now. <laughs> because they're too slow. you got to move. you got to move. And the Leafs, what they traded for Freddie Anderson, don't tell me Winnipeg couldn't have done the same thing. You know what, though? I said it's so easy to get you know, league average goaltending. It didn't look like the Leafs were getting too much better than that with Freddie at the time. And they gave up a first and a second for him. Granted, it was essentially two seconds, but yeah, that's kind of a lot. Kind of. That could get you a Roman Pollock at the trade deadline. So I want to show you guys something because we've got to, we've got to blaze through here. Yeah, Stephen Birch uh, wrote a, an article about the best rookie seasons of all time in context. Birch slapped! Birch <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's really, really interesting. I'm going to run it down. I'm not going to blow the article for you, but I think it should be, you should check it out. Because at the top of the list, Sidney Crosby with his 122-point rookie season, which is obnoxious. No, he didn't. Uh, at 19, apparently he did 2006, 2007. No, that was his sophomore yeah, year. The second year. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Uh, yeah, I was about years, to say, Ovi, Ovi led all rookie scoring that year oh, with, I think, 120 yeah. points. Okay, Crosby, yeah. by the way, as a rookie, had over 100. Yeah, but Ovi definitely won the Calder and led in points. Yeah, his rookie year. Okay, maybe I'm misunderstanding to this. Then maybe this is point score adjusted, like points per game. But it, it's not his rookie season. Yeah, so 06, 07 wasn't his rookie. Yeah. Huh. Wow. All right. In recent years, we've used score adjusted. Are you guys sure? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Here, read, read it out loud. The whole thing? Mm, no. No. But the part you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Sidney Crosby is an all-star. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we can put aside the argument of which rookie was most impressive at this early stage. I won't be spending too much time on uh, sustainability of shooting percentages or on ice percentage. What I want to touch about is the insane group of historical comparables this year's crop of teens are among. One of the challenges in historical comparison is era adjustment. Different NHL eras have been very, very different. In recent years, we've used score-adjusted numbers to analyze historical impacts of Alexander Ovechkin's insane goal scoring, Eric Carlson's amazing point production. Uh, now we can p- compare rookie scoring rates of Matthews, Line, A. Marner to historical great years in the past. Oh, so these are just historically great years. Oh, it's not. Oh. I'm not sure. Well, and also Matthews is 19. When Crosby was a rookie, he was 18. No, so it was a month's thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure, but the fact of the matter is, so it's not necessarily rookie season. Yeah, it's just season. Is what you're getting at. Are we sure? Uh, yeah. Dead sure. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Crosby came into the league. Are you saying Steve Birch's no, writing is hard to understand? <laughs> well, I'm misunderstanding you, this Steve, then because we're dumb. Um, I'm dumb. <laughs> but uh, Connor McDavid is on this list. He had the sixth best year. Oh, okay, so Sidney Crosby's on it twice. I don't understand how this chart works. I love you, Stephen, but I don't get this. <laughs> um, it's 
Yeah, why is Sidney on this list twice? Because Sidney Crosby is number five and number one. Yeah, so he included a sophomore and rookie year. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's what he's comparing then, sophomore and rookie years. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair My bad. Yeah, I but I just want to say, and you'll understand the article when you read it more. I read this last night. I must have been really tired. Austin Matthews scoring at a uh, points per game played uh, one flat. Nice. That puts him 13th. Ever. On like, this rookie sophomore. Okay. 13th ever. Who's below him? Who's below him? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Laine, <laughs> Eric <laughs> Eric Lindros, Ted Kennedy, Patrick Kane, Riel uh, Chivarifil, I don't know, Dale Howarchuk, Ron Francis, Dale, uh, Dale Howarchuk again. So yeah, it is rookie sophomore. Oh my God. Pierre Turgeon, Mitch Marner at 23, uh, Bep Godin, who is a Boston player Arden that I- David's two years above Austin's? Uh, well, I, yeah, Connor McDavid this year- uh, last year is above, but I don't see him again this year, which is so this strange. Maybe it's too low. No, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense either. Seven so, better I years think, than Matthews. No, I'm pretty sure Matthews' points per game is actually above. Connor McDavid's? I might be wrong. Might be. But it's not on here. Because, again, the Leafs... McDavid leads the league in points Yeah, right now. the Leafs haven't, like, played any games. So. Anyway, it's a yeah. freaking... Matthews is top ten. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an interesting it's article. Check it out. Who cares? Yeah. God. I'm going to read through this again. It's okay. Button. No, you know why I think he might have done that? Because if I'm not mistaken, Matthews has either a late September or an early October birthday. Yeah. McDavid has, I want to say, an August birthday. So even though McDavid was the draft year before Matthews, Matthews is only like two calendar months younger than him. He's one day off of being drafted in McDavid's draft. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of the number one picks are... Born kind of August, September. Mm-hmm. John Tavares, too, I think. Crosby. Yeah. Definitely is. It's funny how that works. Well, he's going with teenagers. That's what it is. That's what oh, I missed. Right. Teenagers. Oh, my bad. Oh. That's my bad. That is not Steven's bad. I mean, that is teenagers bad. are rookies and sophomores, so, yeah. so whatever. Same thing. Anyway, 18, 19-year-olds. Among teenagers all time, okay. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are both not, not just top 30, but top 23. In the history of the In NHL. In history. That's cool. History Goofy. of the NHL. And when no and Sydney one can Crosby's score. on there twice. When no one can score. When no one can score. <laughs> and it's points per game. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So check out the rest of the article. I'm sorry that was so painful to get through. There's a lot of information I have to absorb in the day. I apologize. I know. But when, when, yeah. when you consider, so Matthews was 13, Marner was 23. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't be two people. Like, just because you did something... Two seasons in a row. I mean, that's good for you personally. But if we're talking about, like, you can't have two Matthews on a team. You can't have two mm. Crosbys on a team. So if you take out the players who are above Matthews twice, he's even higher than that. Yeah, he is. I mean, Crosby's there twice, so we know he's at least twelve. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous to think about. Um, wow, we have some all time. Well, players. yeah, that's pretty amazing. And uh, I want to say Sidney Crosby's the only one I think that's on there twice. To be honest with you, uh, but. Sidney Crosby, like, I, honestly, in his rookie season, Connor McDavid's at one, Sidney Crosby's at a 1.22. Uh, he's crazy. He's still, I want to say, Connor top, McDavid's at 1.20. Crosby, I want to say, is top five or six all time in points per game right now. All time. I have a question off of that. I mean, it's going to dip. But. Um, did you read 30 Thoughts on Tuesday? No, I heard it was a very good one, though. It yeah. was. Really Free- good. Freeman posted that. Oh, wait. Was that the one with all the Canadian stuff? The All the Habs stuff? Yes. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what? I did read that. Yep. So he said there's going to be six NHLers on the top 100 list of all time. 
six current current NHLers. So oh yeah yeah Crosby, Yager, Kane, Ovechkin, Taves. Who's six? Oh, Joe Thornton. You think? We don't, I don't know. Oh, they, no, they haven't named it yet. Yeah, he's he's speculating. Joe he says, Thornton. Those five are going to be in for sure, right? No, Jerome McGinley. Jerome so, McGinley. He's got over 600 goals. Yeah, Jerome McGinley or Joe Thornton? Carey Price? Not yet. Duncan Keith? Listen. Henrik Lundqvist. Lundqvist? Roberto Luongo. Listen, over. do I think Carey Price will deserve it? Do I think Luongo, uh, Lundqvist? Sure. I just don't know. Which I of think, them they'll pick? Ooh, Luong, Luongo. For sure. He's a Hall of Famer. Luongo's yeah. a Hall of Famer. Luongo no question. Over, don't even argue it. So is he top 100 over Joe Thornton? Thornton? Because it's only, I think so. only have one, we have only have one more spot. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I could care less about that list, by the way. It's causing so many arguments online, and I really don't care. But those are like fun bar stool are they? arguments. Are they fun arguments? Hey, I'm so tired of having, having them. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, if you put Jonathan Taze at 57, that really bugs me. That grinds me because Syllabs yeah. was brought <laughs> Who? Oh, yeah. Here, wait. I want to get well, into that, something. That's a little ridiculous. Really quickly before we go. So there was, there was an argument. Uh, I got another thing to get to, so we need to move. Oh, damn it. Okay. Okay, so this was started by Dave Stubbs, uh, who I, I don't mind. Obviously, I've never met him. I'm not incredibly passionate for or against his opinions. But he had a tweet a couple of years ago that came to light because Ovechkin tied Maurice Rocket-Richard. <laughs> and basically, he goes, you know, you can't mention Ovechkin and Richard's, uh, and, and Richard in the same sentence. Now, there were a lot of people critical of that, and I would be critical of that, too. Berkshire, I think, had the best response. You're right. Ovechkin is better, um, <laughs> and which was snarky and wonderful. But as a Canadian, coming from a Canadians fan or formerly a rehabbing Canadians fan, like Andrew Berkshire is, that's a big thing to say. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember this. Okay, Maurice Richard hit 50 goals once, and he did in 50 games, didn't he? Yep, 50 goals in 50 games because that's how long the season was, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. He did it once, and it was in the middle of the Second World War, if I remember correctly. Oh, you know what? It was during the 1945-46 season. He scored 50 goals in 50 games during the Battle of Berlin. You would have to be in your 70s. It'd be 44-45 then. Bob Cole called that game. Ah, did he? <laughs> this is his first game. No. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, I'm, it's no, 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 right? I wouldn't be shocked at all. Or no, sorry. You would need to be in your mid to late 70s to have seen Maurice Richard in his prime with your own eyes live, and you would have had to have been a child at the time. And also don't so, forget that at that point, a lot of the NHLers who were the best NHLers were in Europe. Yeah, and we, they we make fun of names like Syllaps and stuff like that because it was so long ago that you can barely remember it. Dude, same same thing with Maurice Richard, mm-hmm. except he, the tail end of his career, like, oh, there's some stuff on television. By the way, Silaps, former Army veteran. He went, I believe he left the Leafs, went to Europe, and then came back and won Cups. I believe that's what happened. The only reason Maurice Richard wasn't in World War II is because he failed uh, an Army physical more than once due to injuries. Wow. Crazy. Well, when you think about it, how could you... It was, we, we, it was a weird time. You got to be a professional athlete, so you got to be in like top athletic form, but you also need to work are in the not summer. fit enough for the Army. Well, and you Very, also need to work in the summer. 
And you also need to work in the summer. It's crazy. Anyway. Um, we had to quickly talk about the fact that, have you guys seen the, because the, the Chargers have officially left San Diego in the NFL. Uh, yes, which I kind of forgot about. Yeah, because the, the, I guess the owner, there have been, okay, it's interesting. The, the ESPN take on this is that, well, the owner's been trying for 16 years to get a new stadium. And the Deadspin take is, well, the NFL offered him $300 million to keep them there for his new stadium, but because the public won't pay for it, which is true, San Diego City Council said, uh-uh, uh, he's moving into L.A. Now, what's interesting about this is, first off, have you seen their new logo? Oh, yeah, it's the Dodgers logo. It's the Dodgers slash Tampa Bay Lightning logo. They took the Dodgers logo, and they took the Tampa Bay Lightning logo, and they combined them, and they got the L.A. Chargers. Oh, man, you know what? The second you said Tampa Bay, wait! That is literally the same oh, color. Is it like is it like it's the electrical LA? charge? Yeah. Oh. Because they have, they have lightning bolts on their jerseys. You know, I never actually knew that's why they were called the Chargers. Oh, really? I just thought it was like, charge. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm such a fool. No, it's all right. <laughs> I couldn't figure out Stephen Birch's article, even though it was written for me. There you go. Um, wow, do they also just have a plain white stripe at the bottom of their jerseys? I wonder. So now it can be the Lightning Leafs and them? Basically. Wow. Funny. So that I th- found funny. Um, but I also think it's funny, and this is where I thought it might be fun to revisit this, because we talk about draft picks, and we talk about trades, and we talk... The San Diego Char- Chargers are not good, and Phillip Rivers is a couple years from being... Uh, from from retiring. You know, he's their star quarterback. He's been their star quarterback for a long time. He's almost done. And they're mediocre at best, and they're going to have to try to replace him. So that means they're going to a Los Angeles market that already has the terrible Rams, and now they're going to have the terrible Chargers, too. Wait, they're getting two NFL teams? Because they already have... Yeah, they're getting a second NFL team. That's why they're moving now, because he's like, if the Rams take over, then I won't have any market left. Spano, Dean Spano, I believe is his name, was like, if the Rams take over, then then I won't have any market left in L.A., so L.A. will be split with two NFL teams, which is big enough to support. How however, much people make money? Like, how many times are we going to have this conversation? I don't get it. However. It seems like the second they make it, they're like, take it! <laughs> the, I don't get it. They're, they're all so, arrested development when they when they throw the paper into the water. Well, I feel bad <laughs> for LA because they're first off San Diego in their last home game ever. None of the fans showed up. Good because they knew. Good. Yeah. Um, the the Rams are terrible because they traded all the draft picks last year for Jared Goff, who was not even like dressed the first game of the season. Yeah, you I explain that to me. I want to run this through you one more time. The Titans for trading that first overall pick. Um, they got the. F- Fifth, the first sort of first round fifteenth overall pick from that year from twenty sixteen. They also got a second round pick, which is forty third overall. Another second round pick, which was forty fifth overall, and a third round pick, seventy sixth overall. Plus the next year, which is this year, they get a first and a third round. And by the way, St. Louis was terrible, so that's a top five pick. Oh baby, and a third round pick, which would be I would say I don't know. There's thirty. That was their Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah, so that would be another probably forty. 550th, no, not 50th, 60 something. And the Rams got the first, a fourth, and a sixth. So they got a first overall, 113th and 177th. Damn. What a brutal trade for a guy who might not be a great quarterback. Might not. I don't know. But chance is not looking good. And then, so LA has to choose from terrible and soon to be terrible. That sucks. (laughs) That, That really sucks. And it's LA. If they're bad and new, there's a lot of stuff to do in LA. Yeah, they won't go. There's a ridiculous amount to do in LA. And that, and the the other thing is, 
So they moved the team. Do I want to go to Universal Studios or do I want to see a team lose <laughs> lose by 30 yeah. points? Do you want to know the answer or do you want to see Mark McGuire hit some dingers? Yeah. Do, do I want to see this basketball team, this basketball team, this or, baseball, or, or, one or of this three base- baseball teams, I believe. That you, you, can see the, teams. you can see the Giants too, which yeah. are close. Do I want to see like Leonardo DiCaprio at a random Starbucks? Like there, there's just all kinds of shit to do there. Oh my god! And what's awesome is that they're not even quite sure where they're going to play their home games next year. Although they think maybe they'll play in the MLS stadium, which is about half the size what? of an NFL stadium. So an NFL stadium, How do people like people make money. The pay, uh, the the um, the uh, Steelers, for instance, have like fifty five thousand people that can fit into Heinz. I think fifty five to sixty thousand. The MLS stadium, which is I believe the Galaxy Stadium, yeah. Um, is 27,000, can be extended to 30,000 if you so add. it's not even as big as BMO? No. No, BMO is less than 30 on, like, the soccer days. Yeah. Oh, it is? They yeah. added okay, the, they added yeah, the extra those seating. Those fake stands. But those oh, fake stands. Those got that explains why though. they were building them. The demand is such. <laughs> the week before. Mm, thank you. The demand is such that <laughs> not, they, not so they could actually ahead. sell those seats to probably at BMO. Yeah. That's how big the demand for soccer is here. Yeah. So, so they're going to move a team. They're going to make half the money on ticket sales. And they're terrible. And and they're not going to have a new stadium until 2019 at the very earliest. What? Why don't they just play with the uh, the Rams in the same stadium? Well, they, there was a the deal Coliseum. in place for that. Or there was a what deal in place. What did the Riders get? No, no, hold on, hold on. There was a deal <laughs> in place for the Raiders and the Chargers to come to L.A. last year, which was next. So the Raiders are going to leave Oakland. San Diego was going to have their team leave. But St. Louis beat them both to the punch. So there will be two terrible NFL teams building stadiums in the Los Angeles area. Potentially three, because that's not been fully. Al Davis still might move the Raiders to Los Angeles as well. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Entering or leaving an NFL game in Los, in Angeles. Los Angeles. Traffic. Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> I drove from Anaheim to LA a few times. It almost ruined my honeymoon. Mm. <laughs> what a miserable fucking drive. But it just goes oh, to show. Oh, man. The, and by the way, the, the Chargers are extraordinarily profitable. So, They're already profitable. So what's the problem? Because they can make more money. And the Spano family. It sounds like they can't. Well, they can because land and because value over ten years and because and the thing is, it's so funny because the the um, like I said, the NFL was like willing to give the Chargers money three hundred million dollars towards their new stadium. To give you an idea, Dallas, which way overpaid and went obnoxiously expensive with their stadium, cost them a billion bucks. So you've already basically they said here's one third of the money. That you need, if you can just come up with six hundred million, Dean Spano, who's worth thirty billion dollars, he said no. And again, no, I'm going to pay the relocation fee. Money bazooka, giving it back. Do you know what the Do you know what the relocation fee is? Three hundred million. Are you ready for this? Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm going ready. by NA. Six hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow. So he could have had three hundred million dollars given to him. He'd prefer to pay six hundred and fifty million dollars and build a new stadium without the NFL's money. The presser. This first one comes from uh, Steve Dangle. It's fucking crazy. First, sports management students, because I, I get a lot of people going, yeah, I'm taking sports management. Okay, so I don't know what the fuck that means. Can you explain what you learned in that course? And is one of those things how this shit works? Because I don't get it. I think it's probably t- national TV deal rights. LA is, a, is the... the Number two market, New York's number one. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, so 
you know, that part is part of it. License potential licensing deals. You know, the San Diego Chargers would be a local NFL team. In LA, they can become an international brand, which is what they want. But they have to win. Everybody looks at the New York Yankees and goes, well, they're an international brand, and they're in New York. Well, yeah, because yeah, they win. Mets, international brand. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing. Why? Oh, because they're a joke. Yeah. You know, why the, you know why the Lakers are an international brand? They won a bunch of times. Yeah, because are the Clippers, who have played in L.A. for the no. last 30 years? No, they're not, I don't believe they are. Are the Boston Celtics international? Yes, and they've won a bunch. But it's Boston. Boston's only like 100,000 more people than Winnipeg. Oh, because they won! Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Boston, the greater Boston area is huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's Boston Central. Yes, yeah. but Boston proper is under a million people. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Boston proper is under... It's fewer people than Saskatchewan. Yep. Economics are hilarious, aren't they? I don't get it. Well, it must make sense on some spreadsheet somewhere. And maybe someone can explain it to us. I would love that. If, you're, if you know... If you can explain it, I know, like, because the TV rights deals and all that stuff, I'm sure you bring in more money if you're in L.A., um, but, but uh, I don't get also, who gets the Super Bowl? When L.A., because both teams are going to want it, are you going to do just L.A. two years in a row? Like, here's the L.A. Rams, because the Super Bowl moves. No, we have a series and... Uh, Super between, Bowl series. Between Super series. four teams, and then... Uh, yeah, the the winner of this game plays the winner of this game, but then where, where do you have the championship game? Well, then you have it in a parking lot midway between both fields. I don't fucking get this shit. It, it's times like this where I'm glad the the NHL in comparison is small ball because you can't do dumb stuff. Well, ah, you can do dumb stuff, but that is well, that is dumb. So the stakes are lower. That is yeah, the, that is dumb on a whole new level. <laughs> like you, if you're listen, you're Dean Spano. What? How much more money do you need it? At $30 billion. Well, here's how I think you know you're fucking up as an owner. Think of the Winnipeg Jets' last game in 1996. The fans attended, and they stood, and they cheered, and they applauded, and they cried. And they they bought season tickets through the freaking roof that year. And they mourned the loss of their beloved team. San Diego Chargers fans said, fuck you. (laughs) And KC was in town. The stadium was red. Kansas City Chiefs, because they're red jerseys. Stadium was red. That day. That's rough. Pretty bad. Anyway, you could have been a hero. Could have been a hero. Could have been a hero. The guy that kept the team in San Diego. Whatever thing, whatever it is that made him rich, I'm sure San Diego, San Diego fans would be like, I'm going to buy whatever he's selling because he's the owner. I want to go back to L.A. This is such a cartoony place. I started playing GTA 5 again, so I miss L.A. <laughs> LA's a fun place. It's it a great cra- time. You know what's crazy? Visiting LA for the first time after beating GTA 5. Because <laughs> everything's the same? I, w- I remember they basically we were, remade the city. We were in a cab driving down a street, and I'm like, this street is in the game. Yeah. I've killed cool. people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I drove over that sidewalk and killed like 30 people. Let's do the uh, press conference. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we'd have time. Yeah. We do. We, we're yes, making it. Sure. The presser. Um, I got a long podcast to listen to on the way home, so it's fine. (laughs) Florida is currently having their dad trip. How many dads are younger than Yager? Oh, Oh my God. I I did third period. uh, uh, Third period suits actually posted a picture. He's like, oh, the the Florida dads look great. And there's like half of them were computers. Yeah, yeah. I (laughs) I thought that was great. So now wait, how old is Yager? 45? 
Uh, yeah. Do we have an actual answer here? Is this trivia? No. Oh. <laughs> but, it's just a question. But, though, Aaron Eckblad is, what, 20? 44, Yager. I don't know if many of them are, because... Probably none of them. Not a lot of them. I mean, some people have kids at 20, but very few. So you'd have to have your kid at, like, 20, 21 for well, that to for be Well, for dad to be the same age as Yager, he would have had to have been 24 when Eckblad was born. It's possible. It's listen. It's possible. I just don't know how. I think my mom was younger than that when I was born. Really? I think so. Jared McCann's twenty. Eckblad's twenty. Barkoff is twenty-one. It's possible. Oh my god, that's crazy, man. Yager is it, especially today. But again, so there was a little insight on this uh, last year. I don't remember if it was uh, myself or Sophia. Um, who asked Jerome McGinley this when the Avalanche were in town. But, you know, do you, we basically said, do you see yourself playing as long as Yager? Or do you feel like you could? And he didn't really answer it. He wasn't talking about himself physically, but his answer was basically like, well, I have a wife and children. Mm. And McGinley's like a pretty, pretty Family quiet guy. guy. In the summer, he disappears. He goes to the mountains, mm-hmm. literally the mountains. And Yager's no single. Yager's, Yager's single. He's have you heard having the story? fun with 18 year olds. Have you He's, heard that story? Oh, yeah, we talked about it on the show. Oh, we have. Okay, yeah. that's a great story. Oh, my God. Um, you know, no wife, no kids, no obligations other than to be the Panthers' like leading scorer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how much would it be a travesty if Ovechkin doesn't win a Stanley Cup? Well, it's a travesty whenever any great doesn't win a Stanley Cup. It was a travesty that Dion never won one. Not Dion Phaneuf, Marcel Dion. Mm-hmm. It's a travesty that Sundin never won one. It's a travesty that, you know, it's a travesty that Joe Thornton has not won one. Um, Can I? It's, I mean, it'll just, <laughs> what'll make it a travesty is that people, once Ovechkin retires, will use it against him. Yes. I don't know that. Not winning a championship makes any single player less good. But there seems to be this prevailing thought out there that because, you know, when LeBron hadn't won a championship yet, people were like, well, he'll never be great until he wins a championship. And then he won one, though. He'll never be great until he wins more than Michael Jordan. And it's like, no, 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 no. Is he a great player? Yes or no? Do his stats line up with all these other great players that maybe have or have not won cups? Yes. Are they better than those players? Yes. Then he's a better player. But period. the issue is we're we're discussing the greatest players of all time. So you're you're taking no matter what you're talking about one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. So you need to almost get that petty, that stupid, you know. But it, it's out of their control. Yeah, that's a team them. game, especially yeah. in hockey. But again, like I'm not saying it needs to be logical. Like how many how this many rings does LeBron hate, have? This is why I hate the NHL 100 list because of this crap. It doesn't. I to hate be this crap. <laughs> Can we just be like rings? here's a hundred NHL players that were great and these are the hundred greatest, but let's not rank them all because we all know Gretzky's number one. And the people are like, well, actually, Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe. Like here's here's how it's going to work. Cares? Here's how it's going to work. How many rings does LeBron have? Three. I think it's three. Two in he's Miami, the one in Cleveland, seven, seven times, times, but he's won three, and he's won three. Until that number is six, no one's going to say he's better than Jordan. What was Kobe? Five? Five. Mm-hmm. So, okay, five, you can mm-hmm. start the conversation. You can maybe make the argument. Three? Man, Jordan won twice as many rings as LeBron. Yeah, but look what Jordan had. Like, when LeBron went to the matter. finals with the Cavaliers the first time, he had Shaq. I'm not trying to actually have this <laughs> like, debate, by it. the way. Yeah. I'm just saying, when, when you're talking it's... about the top, like, Group of players of all time, 
you start to get into that stupid shit. I just feel bad because no one really says this shit about Marcel Dion. Did I know. they at some point? Well, I hope not. Uh, but I think part of Marcel Dion's problem is he played in L.A. before Gretzky got there. I think a little bit of it is xenophobia. And what? I mean, so really? some people will be upset about that. What? No, With the, that he's French Canadian? No, Ovechkin. no, Ovechkin. Sorry. Oh, I was Ove- like Marcel. Dion. I mean, possibly. I don't. I don't no, know. I think he played on the West Coast. And the reason the reason I say that is because it's the same vibe to Matt Sundin. You know, people talk about how Sundin was never that great and he never won a cup. I'm like, what did Matt Sundin ever do to anybody other than just dominate? Well, and try his best. But again, who's the Swede and why is he captaining the Leafs? Mm-hmm. That that is how he used to be perceived. Absolutely. How can you take it? How can you take it away from a North American like Wendell Clark and give it to Sundin? That's what they said. And you can roll your eyes, but that's what people said. That was in the newspaper. I remember reading it the day it came out. Who who said those sort of things? Well, I'll give you a guess. <laughs> Come on, oh, fancy pants sweets. But as much as I love Matsundin, Ovechkin's even better than after that. After Boreas Salming was in the NHL, how is it that Swedish players got labeled with that? Yeah, but the Broad Street bullies—they beat him up. You ever seen that picture of Boreas? Couldn't even recognize him. When Gerard Gallant stepped on his face with a skate, that one is that who it was on on Boreas Salming's face? Yeah, it's Gerard Gallant. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, there was another one where like three flyers jumped him. Because well, three flyers jumped him! Yeah, but you could do that in hockey because it used to just be called ice assault. I, 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 I love that conversation Brendan Gallagher had with some retired NHL player. And that and that guy was that guy was like, okay, here's how different hockey used to be. Maurice Richard in a game broke his more than one stick. So not just one stick, more than one stick over the head of an opposing player. He did it once, and then he did it again. And then he got suspended for doing that. The whole playoffs. And people were so mad about it that there was a riot. Yeah. <laughs> if if that happens today, who is is like, he shouldn't be in jail? How could you put him in jail? It was a hockey game. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you should definitely throw that person in jail. Different That's how times, different man. he used to be. Anyway, I don't yeah. know how we got to that. Last or next question? Is it the last one? I don't know. I'm out of questions. No, okay. you go completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Brendan uh, Gallagher wouldn't have survived back in the day. Yes, because you were legally allowed to murder people. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, and if you had a headache or a severe concussion, you were supposed to suck it up and be tougher. Yeah. And to be fair, I think the reason that it was so tough back then is because the, all of them had just come back from war. So anything that was happening on the ice didn't compare. In the seventies. Said, well, I, but, that, but those those people were raised by the people that had come back from war, <laughs> right? The world's a the world's like, a place, man. Like you come back from <laughs> a world. Got a story. You come back from the world a world war, one or two. Tell I, me, I you're not you're not a little bit less sensitized to violence. I guess, right? Yeah, I guess. And again, that's something we can't relate to. Exactly, so. which is why now things have changed. That's interesting. You think if a war breaks out, like hockey will randomly, then like all sports will I, I become think war, more violent? I think war now would be a lot different than war back then. War back then, they were like, let's just throw a bunch of people at each other and shell their shit out of each other. See? And hopefully, it were, but now it'd be now like, well, we're gonna, me... we get these drone strikes and we got these, like, it's a whole different ballgame now. Now you're making me want to listen to Dan Carlin in my car on the way home for the very long drive you I'm going to have because we went so over Here's what kills me about uh, that Dan Gar- the Dan Carlin episode that you're talking about. Episodes. Uh, that you're talking about. Yes. He calls the front, the Western front, the meat grinder. 
See, I haven't gotten that far. He calls it the meat grinder and he's talking about podcast. humans. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> but he has this really soothing voice yeah. where he talks about everything with such intrigue, quiet excitement. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just imagine you listen him in a room to someone's somewhere. voice for three or four hours and you get good at imitating. I imagine him in a room somewhere drinking like an herbal tea dark except for this one like you know those remember those musical stands that we had in in high school uh a little know, black uh, desk light. Yeah. yeah and then like a desk light on that and then just the, the piece of paper that he's potentially reading off of from notes and just by himself and he's just got all his notes yeah and he talks about he butchers all these french words but it's okay you still know that he knows what he's talking about and he, he gives you the heads up. I just realized I do a really good Dan Carlin impression. He, give, he gives you the heads Go up Go listen to that shit. Go look him up right now and tell me how good I am. My brand is self-congratulation. <laughs> well, it is, Steve. It is. Damn, it's a good thing you've never earned anything you've done. It's true. And God forbid anybody be happy for you. I hope you're both miserable. <laughs> Hockey Night Cinema in London! Woo! Woo! We will see you at Western. Are, are there still tickets? I don't know. I have no idea. I think there might be. You know what? Check it out. Again, look Hockey Night and Cinema up on Twitter. People mm-hmm. always back out at the last minute. Yep. I want to see you there, damn it. I want to see you there. We love you. We're excited to party with the Western University crew. We're doing some interviews. People are videotaping this, apparently. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Hockey Night and Cinema, London, Ontario. It's a pivotal moment. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle. At Adam W-Y-L-D-E. And at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.